Hey y'all, welcome to the Sweet Tea and Jesus podcast hosted by Kelsey Hamrick and Tara McAdam. We are two sisters who desire to grow in love for Jesus. You are not alone and we want to come alongside you with challenges, laughter, questions, prayers, and the eternal hope of the gospel. Whether you're on your way to work, changing your 10th dirty diaper today, or drinking a glass of sweet tea, we pray you are strengthened and filled with joy from these biblical truths today. All right, let's shake things up today, Kels. What do you say? <laughs> How about we do our get to know each other question at the beginning of the episode today? <laughs> that sounds great. Since we're doing that, though, I have to share this meme that made me laugh this week. And anytime I've thought to share it with somebody, I have just because I think it's so funny. So it said, Adam and Eve didn't wear clothes before the fall. So because of sin, I have to do laundry. <laughs> well, there you go. Is it all so good? Yeah. Well, I don't like laundry, so... I know. It's never it just, ending. What a good meme. I was like, never thought of that before. Never thought of that. Darn sin. <laughs> okay, so my question for you is kind of a few questions. It's a this and that. Okay. All right, you ready? Okay. Okay, mm-hmm. so coffee or tea? Oh, that's so hard. Tea. Ooh, okay. Movies or books? Books. Sweet or salty? Sweet. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't thank you for that thank one. you mama uh <laughs> donuts <laughs> or bagels Ooh, i would say bagels actually on that one mm, neutral or color neutral 100 <laughs> percent. all right come late or leave early uh come late stay late <laughs> <laughs> i like that i like that that's that's literally i feel like every one of my friends knows that is that's us Okay, your turn. Coffee or tea? Coffee. All right, movies or books? Can I say both? <laughs> I know. <laughs> I thought the same thing. Uh, I would say movies. I'd yeah, I know you would. Watch you a movie. are a movie. <laughs> I'm okay, a movie su- buff. <laughs> Sweet or s- salty? Sweet, yes. All right, donuts or bagels? Donuts. Really? Yes, donuts. Okay. okay. Neutral or color? Oh, and see, I'm torn. I, you know I like color, but I do like neutral. My mm. closet's like all black. <laughs> And Colby, well, I say that, except Colby's side is like the rainbow and mine's all black. I don't know. I think I would have to say color. I like color. Okay. okay. I have my colors. You know what I mean? Like my greens Mm -hmm. and, you know, but I would say color. Okay. Come late or leave early. Ooh. We typically arrive late because of our posse that we're bringing. Yeah. I saw them kids. Yeah. I would (laughs) like to be on time and probably leave on time, but realistically, we probably come late and we leave late just because we're transporting a bunch that's of people. true that's <laughs> so true we got to church so early this sunday and colby and our kids were at their grandparents and colby was like see guys we can be on time it's just <laughs> hard to do when we have kids that's right that's right well that was fun i hope our listeners feel like they are getting to know us a little bit better so today's topic is a question i have wrestled with a lot during just various seasons in my life and the question is what is god's will 
for my life. I thought this would be a fun, good episode just to dig a little deeper into God's word to actually see what it says about this question. I remember in high school, as I was preparing to graduate and go to college, I would constantly be thinking, well, what does God want me to do? Or where does God want me to go? And for a while, I felt stuck because I couldn't find that verse, you know, in the Bible that's like, Tara, you're supposed to go to this college, you know, Mm -hmm. or you're going to get such and such degree. Mm -hmm. Well, that wasn't in the Bible. So (laughs) I struggled knowing like, God, what do you want me to do with my life? Have you ever wrestled with that question before, Kels? Yeah, for sure. And I'm not the most decisive person because I always just want to make the right decision. And that isn't always clear because I may be deciding between multiple good things. And I've had so many moments where I've asked God for wisdom or discernment on what direction I should go. I did that when I was choosing my college, when I picked my degree. I did that when deciding to marry my husband, when deciding to have kids. And at different times, I even prayed for wisdom when it came to letting go of friendships or letting go of goals or dreams. And I just wanted God to give me such a clear sign and say, Kelsey, do this, you know, so I knew, okay, you're making the right choice. I know there have been many instances in my life where I've felt the same way that I am at this crossroads and I need to make a decision, but I've been so fearful to make the wrong one. You know, am I supposed to go to this college or this college? Am I supposed to choose this degree or this degree, this job or that job? You know, talking about this and that, you know, is this guy supposed to be my husband or not? Should we move here or not? You know, the list truly can go on and on and on. And in my flesh, I'm trying to please God. I want to do what he wants and trying Mm -hmm. to figure out his plan can be exhausting. But the good news is like, we don't have to, we don't have to, we don't have to search and dig for that Bible verse with your name telling you exactly (laughs) the decision that, you know, God wants us to make. And Mm -hmm. I think my first question for you today is, do you believe that God is sovereign? Do you trust Mm -hmm in his plan? I think that's a great question for all of us who are struggling with what is God's will for my life? Well, start with a different question. Do you believe that God is in control? Mm -hmm. Isaiah 46, 9 and 10 says, remember the former things of old for I am God and there is no other. I am God and there is none like me declaring the end from the beginning and from ancient times things not yet done saying my counsel shall stand and I will accomplish all my purpose. And so remembering that he declares the beginning and the end, Mm -hmm. his plans are sure. His plans are set. His plans will be and are specific for you. You know, Mm -hmm. I think that's very unique that like just we've heard the verse, God knows all the hairs on our head. And just like that, he knows all the days that are planned. And we have Mm -hmm. to believe the Bible. And when we believe in the God of the Bible, then it Accepting this truth will be the first step towards understanding God's will for our life. Yeah, absolutely. And one thing that came to my mind with wanting to know God's will for my life is that I'm not very patient. I want an answer as soon as I ask the question. I don't like waiting and I don't think many people do. I feel like we struggle with that from the time we're young. You Um, must be related to your nephew. I am. He gets (laughs) in honest. Oh. 
man. It makes me it makes me think of uh, Veruca Salt from Willy Wonka saying, "I want it and I want it now." Yes, and I haven't said that to God, but I know I've definitely had moments where I've acted impatient instead of waiting on God, and like you said, trusting God and in His plan. And it made me think of Sarah and Hagar, and then it made yeah. me think of the Israelites and Moses and the golden calf. Like they they all knew God's will. God told them, but they were still not being patient and did things their own way. And there were consequences for that. So it really is so important for us to accept God's will and also for us to be patient and to trust in what feels like our waiting for an answer. That's right. I think we have to trust both in his sovereignty and in his love for us, you Mm -hmm. know, but being patient is definitely something that we all struggle with, especially with wanting to know, like, I just want to know, like, what is God going to do with my life? Where will we be in five years, 10 years, 20 years? We want that sneak peek. We want that piece of, oh, well, it's all going to be good Mm because in 20 years, X, Y, and Z is going to happen. But we we don't get that. We don't get that. And I think that that is a blessing that we don't know. Yeah. And yeah. once we accept that God has a plan and a purpose for everything, I think the next logical question is, well, what is God's plan for me? I know mm-hmm. God's in control and I know that I can trust in him, but what is his plan for me? What is God's will for my life? Well, in first Thessalonians verse or chapter four, verses three and eight, it says, for this is the will of God, your sanctification, that you abstain from sexual immorality, that each one of you know how to control his own body in holiness and honor, not in the passion of lust like the Gentiles who do not know God, that no one transgress and wrong his brother in this matter because the Lord is an avenger in all these things. But as we told you beforehand and solemnly warned you, for God has not called us for impurity, but in holiness. Therefore, Mm -hmm. whoever disregards this, disregards Regards not man, but God who gives his Holy mm-hmm. Spirit to you. So what is God's will for our lives? Our sanctification. The answer is yeah. simple, but that process is not always easy or pleasant. Yeah, that's right. Um, so we have the um, New City Catechism app. I know y'all have it too. I highly recommend everyone get it. It goes through basic questions about God and the Bible and it has songs to go along with each question and it's so good. My kids love it and it's been so helpful for me too. But anyways, one of the questions says, how and why did God create us? And the answer says, he created us male and female in his own image to glorify him. He created us to bring him glory in all that we do. Mm -hmm. When we get the news that we didn't get into the college we wanted or we lost our dream job or that guy we thought we would marry breaks up with us, during all of that, we have to pray and trust. God through it. Mm -hmm. Even though all of those things feel really awful, they aren't the reason that we're here. Those things are circumstantial, but God is eternal and wants our focus to be on the eternal. That's right. But but we can't bring him glory on our own. And 2 Corinthians 4, 16 through 18 says, so we do not lose heart, though our outer self is wasting away. Our inner self is being renewed day by day. For this light momentary affliction is preparing us for an eternal weight of glory beyond all comparison. As we look not to the things that are 
seen, but to the things that are unseen. For the things that are seen are transient, but the things that are unseen are eternal. And it's so easy to sit here and say, focus on God and you can get through it. That's right. But I'll be the first to say that during hard seasons in my life, I have struggled to focus on the things unseen Mm -hmm. because the things I was seeing were so painful. Mm -hmm. But Paul wrote those verses in Corinthians, and I know that he knew knew what suffering was. He did. You know, I've been doing a study of Paul's life the last several weeks, and I read about his conversion a few days ago. I've read it a few times, actually, because it's just there's a lot of good truths in it. But I read where God spoke to Ananias about Paul. That's the one who came and spoke to him for him to regain his sight when he became a believer. Right. And he was hesitant to go to him. But God said to Ananias about Paul, he said, I will show him how much he must suffer for the sake of my name. And he did. He did suffer for the name of the Lord. So I can confidently say that I should listen to what Paul had to say because he knows what he's talking about. That's right. And we can definitely take heart in Paul's words. We can take heart in any book, you know, written in the Bible and especially Paul who knew the process of sanctification was for God's glory and for the pursuit of holiness and for Mm -hmm. his good and for God's glory. Uh, But Mm -hmm. he definitely did not have an easy road um, by mm-hmm. by no means. And I think we also can take heart in the book of Revelation, you know, in John's words to the churches, kept reminding them, you know, remain steadfast under pressure mm-hmm. yeah. and affliction. You know, and so I think we just have to remember, you know, sanctification may look a lot of different ways in our life. Um, you know, well, what is sanctification, you may ask? We actually did an episode in season one titled, What Does yeah. This Word Mean? And on that episode, we really dove deep just in that one word, sanctification. Uh, but just as a brief reminder, you know, what is sanctification, you may ask? Well, we are to be holy and it yeah. is the pursuit of holiness. And and that's a day-to-day thing. And it's a, it's a process that begins the day you become a believer. And it doesn't stop until we are reunited with Christ. Right. First Peter 1 uh, verses 15 and 16 says, But as he who called you is holy, you also be holy in all of your conduct, since it is written, You shall be holy, for I am holy. Mm-hmm. So Peter is quoting one of the many, many times that God says in the book of Leviticus in the Old Testament, Be holy, for I am holy. God mm-hmm. desires that we look like him. And we cannot do this in our own strength or willpower. It's only through the power of the Holy Spirit that he does a miraculous transforming work every day through this lifelong pursuit of holiness, which is called sanctification. So again, you know, sanctification is God's will for the life of a believer. And it's through sanctification that it produces holiness. And we are to be holy as he is holy, but we can only be holy because of God's son, Jesus. That's right. And but like you said earlier, the process of sanctification isn't always easy or pleasant. And I want to read this quote from John Piper. He was talking about the verses in Corinthians that I had read earlier when Paul is talking about our inner self being renewed day by day. 
And he said, that is what I mean by saying every moment of your affliction is meaningful. It has meaning. It is doing something, causing something, bringing about something glorious. You can't see this. The world can't see this. They think, and you are tempted to think, this suffering is meaningless. It's not doing anything good. I can't see any good coming out of this. That's what you feel if you focus on the scene. But Paul responds, you know, look at the things that are unseen. The promise of God, nothing in your pain is meaningless. It is all preparing, working something, producing something, a weight of glory, a special glory for you, just for you because of that pain. Mm, That's so good. Mm -hmm. Well, now that we've kind of answered the question, what is God's will for my life, which is the pursuit of holiness through sanctification, we can now move on to, well, how do I do that? How do I pursue holiness? How do I willingly submit to sanctification? What does that look like as a believer of Jesus in the day-to-day life? Well, Mm -hmm. again, I don't want to say it's simple, but we are to pursue Jesus above all else. Matthew 6, 33, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added unto you. And I think something that we need to remember, if there's something in your life that pulls you away from seeking first the kingdom of God, then you need to really take a moment and reflect and evaluate, is this something that I should be pursuing if it's causing you to pull away from seeking first the kingdom of God? This could be a boyfriend. It could be a job. It could be a career path. It could be um, a, you know anything in your life that is pulling you away from seeking first the kingdom of God. Then it should be reevaluated and you know have a priority check. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, so Second Corinthians chapter twelve verse nine says, "But he said to me, My grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses, so that Christ's power may rest on me." I love that verse. I feel like I've heard that verse so many times, but I think we ignore the last part of that verse a lot. We mm-hmm. focus on boasting gladly about our weaknesses, but twice in this verse, it talks about the power of Christ. Mm-hmm. For my power is made perfect in weakness so that Christ's power may rest upon me. So this is further proof that we can't do this on our own. We right. have no power. That's we, right. we need Jesus and his power and his strength. Even when Paul talked about renewing our strength day by day, all I could think is, yeah, like that sounds great, Paul, but how? Like, how do I, how do, I do that? Right. You know, like I need some practical things that I can write down, I can do every day. But he does say how, because Paul talks about being renewed by knowledge. God's word is an encouragement to us to not lose heart. It reminds us of our hope in Christ. So Galatians 2.20 says, I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And the life I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. So our circumstances don't have to change and our limitations don't change. But when Christ lives in us, it changes everything. That goes back to Mephibosheth. Mephibosheth, same way. That's right. circumstance didn't change. But because of Christ, because of the grace he was shown from David, the grace, that's right, it changed everything. The grace invitation changed everything. That's right. Oh man, that's a good verse. Mm. When Jeremy 
Jeremy uh, was the youth pastor at our previous church in Birmingham. We went through this book together with our youth group called Just Do Something, a liberating approach to finding God's will or how to make a decision without dreams, visions, fleeces, impressions, open doors, random Bible verses, casting lots, liver shivers, writing in the sky, etc. By Kevin, yes, by <laughs> Kevin DeYoung. So that's the full title of the book. And y'all, this little book, it is not very long. It is not very big. I've got it right here. Just do something. Um, But it is an amazing book and it will forever change the way that you think about God's will for your life. And I'm going to tag the book link in the show notes. And if you haven't read it, go ahead and put it in your Amazon cart right now on a Christmas wish list, whatever. But anyways, at the very, very end of his amazing book, he says, simply put, God's will is your growth in Christ likeness. God promises to work out all things together for our good that we might be conformed to the image of his son. And that's Romans 8, 28 and 29. And the degree to which this sounds like a lame promise is the degree to which we prefer the stones and scorpions of this world to the true bread from heaven, which is Matthew 7, 9 and 11. God never assures us of health, success or ease, but God promises us something even better. He promises to make us loving, pure and humble like Christ. In short, God's will is that you and I get happy and holy like Jesus. So go Mm -hmm. marry someone provided that you're equally yoked and you actually like being with each other. Go get a job (laughs) provided that it's not wicked. Go live somewhere in something with somebody or nobody. (laughs) But put aside the passivity and the quest for complete fulfillment and the perfectionism and the preoccupation with the future. And for God's sake, start making some decisions in your life. Don't wait for the liver shivers. And if you are seeking first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, you will be in God's will. So just go out and do something. I love that so much. That's so good. I think we really do get so caught up in the decisions that we make and the calling placed on our lives sometimes. Like, you know, God called me to do this or he called me to live here. or He called me to take this job or whatever it may be. But think about this. Jesus only called people to himself. Oh, he said, come and follow me and I will make you this. Come and follow me and I will commission you to do that. So it's Jesus that we are called to. That's right. Take up our cross, deny ourselves and follow him. That's right. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. It's everywhere. It's everywhere. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Greater is he that is in me. Wait, greater. What is it? Greater that that is that is he. Wait, greater is he that is in me that I who am in the world. I'll have to look that one up. Anyways. I know you're really close. Oh, so close. I got to get better. See, scripture memorization is a discipline (laughs) I'm working on y'all working on it. My goal was to be like Miss Tama. Okay. All right. I know. I know. But I think again, Kelsey and I's encouragement for you today is this. Stop trying to figure out what you should do and start trying to pursue the who in your life that is in control of all things. Your sanctification, which is the process of becoming like Christ is God's will for your life. We are to become a reflection of him, constantly being molded and shaped and sharpened into his likeness, not the world. And we are to 
focus relentlessly on pursuing him above anything, above anyone, and above any decision. Yeah. And just trust that wherever he has placed you, when he has placed you there, is his will for your life. Wherever you are, whatever you are doing, pray to the Lord to die to yourself daily, to be renewed on the inside, no matter what's going on around you. Pray to live by faith and that it is Christ who lives in you. Ask God to use your life to bring him glory and you're doing exactly what he has called you to do. And remember that his mercies are new every morning. That's right. So if you are struggling, you know, to pursue Christ, if you're struggling to, um, you know, put him first and, um, you know, be faithful in where God has called you to be, I think you need to remember that um, wherever you are, just like Kelsey said, that we are called to love God and pursue God and to be a servant. Yeah. And you don't want to miss what God is revealing to you where you are because you're so focused on, well, asking yourself, well, what am I supposed to be doing? And miss all the opportunities right in front of you that you can be sharing the gospel, that you can be bringing glory to him with your kindness and your grace and your mercy that you've been given through him. That's right. So sometimes Kelsey and I will have different people in our life look over our show notes and and notes for an episode. And I had my husband, um, Jeremy, look at them today. And he had a really good comment kind of about this section that we're talking about right now. And he just said, you know, for the person who is struggling, where to go next? You know, be faithful to God's commands now and trust in the sovereign God who loves you enough to suffer and die for you, to also love you enough to guide you in what is good. Mm -hmm. And he also reminded us, you know, what is good? He said, but what is good is truly good is to be more like him and to fellowship with him. And he reminded Mm -hmm. us of that amazing verse in Psalm 1611, where it says in his presence is the fullness of joy and at his right hand are pleasures forevermore. I think to end today's show, I just want to sum up with this quote from a passage in Kevin DeYoung's book, um, Just Do Something, because it sums up, I think, truly all that we're trying to convey and say today. Mm-hmm. And it says from his book, God's will for your life and my life is simpler, harder, and easier than that. Simpler because there are no secrets we must discover. Harder because denying ourselves, living for others, and obeying God is more difficult than taking a new job and moving to Fargo. Easier because, as Augustine said, God commands what he will and grants what he commands. In other words, God gives his children the will in his ways, not by revealing a series of next steps cloaked in shadows, but by giving us a heart to delight in his law. So the end of every matter is this, live for God, obey the scriptures, think of others before yourself, be holy, love Jesus. And as you do these things, do whatever else you like with whomever you like, (laughs) wherever you like and you'll be walking in the will of God. Amen. Right. So maybe instead of us asking like the title of the show today, what is God's will for my life? We should be asking who is God's will for my life? And that my friend is Jesus. I'm going to pray us out today. Lord, I pray that you help our listeners today surrender to the will you have for their life, which is to continually be sanctified into your likeness and daily living a life of surrender to your word. I pray that no matter, no matter the decision our listeners 
others are struggling with today, that they live for you. Obey your word. Think of others and be holy and love Jesus, that we love you. Help us to do these things day in and day out, Lord, as if we live, as we live life and as we seek glory for you and you alone in all that we do. I pray that you give us the strength to love you and pursue you and seek you above all things. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Hey, y'all. Thanks for joining us today on the Sweet Tea and Jesus podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode, please subscribe to our podcast so you can continue along on this journey with us. Please leave us a five-star review on Apple so that others can find our podcast and be encouraged by these gospel conversations too. Also, follow us on Instagram for upcoming content, news about our podcast, and more. Thank you so much for listening, and we're looking forward to you joining us on our next episode. See y'all next time.